Cycle. This is Sam from Nerd Cyclopedia. We are taking a brief hiatus because of the holidays. So next week we are going to do episode seven and eight. So that's the reason why you're not getting your regularly scheduled um, Mandalorian podcast. So we definitely appreciate you guys' patience. But this week we are giving you a bonus episode of um, Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. We figured that 95% of you guys are probably, um, you know, Star Wars fans, of course, of the main um, movie. So we're going to give you a bonus podcast of a good full review of Rise of Skywalker. So make sure that you enjoy that. Make sure you're subscribing, as always. Make sure that you're, you know, looking us up, following us, and sharing us and everything. And we definitely appreciate you guys. And make sure that you also have a happy holidays, too. All right? Also, full spoilers. If you guys haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, stop it now, go and see it, and come back. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Cyclopedia. Today is a Nerdendum, a review of a very important movie, and that is Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. And uh, how's everybody doing today? We are Nerd Cyclopedia, and we're here to talk to you. Uh, you can see our names there. I'm Scott. And uh, Sam, why don't you tell our good, our good uh, viewers where they can find us if they want to find more. All right, make sure that you're going to Nerdcyclopedia. That's where you're finding all our links to um, all our different platforms and everything. We are um, obviously on YouTube is what you're watching. Make sure that you are following us on social media at on Twitter at Nerdcyclopedia and also on Facebook and Instagram at Nerdcyclopedia. Make sure that you're leaving us some feedback. We definitely appreciate your, your feedback and everything at Nerds at Nerdcyclopedia. And also make sure that you're downloading our podcast. We're on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, we are on there. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. So we're all really excited. We saw this movie uh, this weekend. It just came out. Um, I can't wait to hear what everyone had to say. But I'm going to start off. So the Rise of of Skywalker to me is, it's a seven and a half out of ten Nerdcyclopedia logos for me. And... I Uh-oh. said it was. I said last Jedi was an eight out of ten um, when we did our podcast. I think two years ago, and you know, for me, I think that there was an incongruity between the 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 general stories that needed to be told to make Rise of Skywalker work and what was done in the Last Jedi. In my opinion, one of the things that uh, this film is suffering from is a lack of work done in the second piece of the trilogy. Um, Last Jedi was light a little bit, and the reason is because it was more of a TFA two instead of an Episode eight. Um, I think those two those two films work together really well, and you know that sort of. <laughs> you lost me. Tony just dropped. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, that's funny. Uh, oh, guys, come on. All right, we're good. All right, all right, all right. So uh, there's an incongruity because uh, the Last Jedi was a little different in tone than the rest of the movies and didn't really try to have it didn't seem like it wanted to have the same message as uh rise of skywalker and i think that that really really hurt it a little bit because the first act was spent doing things that i think should have happened in episode eight uh so that's my number one thing that i think uh was a little bit lacking but it was i i still had a lot of fun in this movie i mean it was it was like explosions and crazy stuff all over the place so it was satisfying from that point of view um but for me, for it to have been like the perfect capstone, I, uh, you know, I was definitely going to need to see uh, some more of that stuff. Uh, of course, I think another big piece of this that was missing is Carrie Fisher. I think that can't be that can't be said enough. So much of the, uh, does I don't want to say shortcuts, but there were so many things missing because she wasn't available. Right? Uh, I think that definitely uh, it definitely had an impact. So for me, seven and a half out of ten encyclopedia logos. Uh, definitely going to see it like 50 more times. And, you know, from yeah. a f- philosophical perspective, I think it changes a lot of how everything works in the overarching story, which is really great. Uh, what did you think, Tony? I'm actually going to go with, believe it or not, like 9 out of 10. Woo! Um, All right. Yeah, I, I yeah really there we go. It. I love the it's, fact that there was so many it. questions with The Last Jedi, and I think that it answered everything in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Kind of left a few new ones which i guess we'll talk about a little bit later mm-hmm. like towards the end uh if they want to keep branching off again there's possibilities to keep doing it if they want to but i really did like it um the big one i guess we could just talk about the one that is like in the last jedi of like leah just going right through space like whoa 
well, where did this come from? Where is she able to do that? Yeah. And then this answered it because you see a flashback where Luke actually did train her. Mm-hmm. So she was a full-fledged Jedi. We just didn't know it about until this one. Answered questions about Snoke. It just a lot of things were there. Um, I guess the only reason I can go with a 10 out of 10 is Palpatine has a son. And we just didn't know about it for her, you know, all this time. And all this time. Maybe this one was not Force-sensitive or whatever. I, I don't know. That was the only thing that's just like, okay, I have an answer, but where did this character come from? I mean, what's been going on for whatever however long this has been? But um, besides that, I mean, nothing is ever perfect. Um, I do have been seeing a lot of things about people saying they're cramming a lot of movie into whatever it is, the two and a half hours or two hours or 45 minutes. There was a lot of movie being crammed in. And I think that's about the only thing. But other than that, you know, the the plot was good. I mean, it answered a lot of questions that I've been saying. And, of course, you got your big explosions and, you know, the space battles. So it was all there. So, I mean, I was I was cool with that. I was a 9 out of 10, without a doubt. Uh, Ken, what do you think? Okay, so I'm going to go 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, that's what we want to hear. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to tell you why, personally, me, I think this is what me, as a fan, was waiting for. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it answered, like Tony said, a lot of questions. A lot of things got tied up. They did it well in in a two and a half hour time frame, two hours, 20 minutes. They tied up a lot of questions, packaged everything up. It was all really done well. What I thought... During the film, I had that original giddy child feeling through pretty much the entire film. Everything that I originally fell in love with with this series happened in this film. And then I started thinking about it. The first the first trilogy, we'll call it the middle one for now, A New Hope, it's okay film, right? Empire, a little bit better. Jedi, nailed it nailed it to the wall right the second the new trilogy phantom menace eh, a little bit weak second film clone wars a little bit better revenge of the sith boom this one same thing force awakens eh, it's okay it's cool it's nice to see jedi back on the screen right yoda blah 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 force awakens or i mean uh, last jedi Built on that, it was a little bit better. This one, bam, same thing. They did the same thing that George started, same sort of formula. And all these aha moments in it, uh, I'll just mention one big one. So toward the end, Poe's like, we're not getting any help. Hmm. We've got to attack this ourselves. Everyone's like, we're screwed. All of a sudden, here comes Chewie and Lando and the Falcon with the entire rebellion behind them so it it just it just had all these moments through it that made me very very happy and satisfied as a fan um lots of things cameos were cool for me big moment big impact moment seeing wedge antilles in an x-wing fighter fighting again one more time Seeing Red Five yeah. brought out of the water and Ray, who better to pilot that that ship again in battle? I mean, it's just it was just great. Ten out of ten, and I'm and I'm good. <laughs> Sam, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it all falls on me. Well, you know. So, um, I gave it eight. Out of nine, I'm sorry, eight out of ten nerd encyclopedia logos. <laughs> so one more than um um uh, uh, so, co- it my co- again, board. because you didn't give it a ten. Tony, what are you doing? <laughs> huh? He just doesn't believe huh? it. He if fell over. Every time I don't hear a ten, I'm you, going nuts. You got <laughs> dro- <laughs> If you don't hear a ten, it's like oh man, oh. Oh, he, he's falling here and everything. So um. I thought I thought it was very entertaining. So I'm not deep in the Star Wars lore, you know, like you guys. So it's great to hear Tony, you and um, Ken, you, um, you know, give it so much. um, You you almost give it a perfect score and everything, because 
I thought it was a very great, you know, entertaining movie. Uh, went to see it in IMAX, took my son and everything. Um, you know, he he loved it, you know. Um, and from the way you watch movies, uh, if you consider this a trilogy, in a way, seeing The First Awakens and then everything that happened in The Last Jedi, I thought the way this ended here or the so-called trilogy, like, you know, the story went, I think you really could have skipped the... Um, the Last Jedi, in a way. I mean, it, it skipped over a lot of stuff. Like, just, just I, I don't know if this is so much uh, nitpicking, but when um, Luke flipped the, um, you know, lightsaber away in The Last Jedi, and then he comes and says, you know, a Jedi isn't supposed to, you know, treat his, you know, lightsaber like that in this one, it was sort of like, okay, well, you just threw the... Uh, you just threw the uh, the um, the lightsaber in the last movie, and now you're you're a little contradicting that a little bit. But that's you know a negative. Um, the first act was very very good. Um, got right in you know straight into the action. You know the um, effects and overall and everything I thought was just spectacular. Um, I always love seeing Kylo you know do his thing and everything. Anytime you get the Knights of Ren on screen, oh man, I wish it was like an actual just solo movie with them. <laughs> You know, um, so we can learn all about them because I sort of thought that that's what they were like going to like. They, they were teasing that in The Force Awakens. And I was really excited about like, you know, Knights of Ren. This is like, you know, some dark, crazy Star Wars stuff right here. Um, but we really didn't. They, they just ended up being just like, um, you know, just just soldiers, you know. And, you know, the, um, you know, Kylo, he was just like pretty much just the leader. And that was basically it. So you really didn't get much from them. Mm -hmm. um, seeing Palpatine return was crazy. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they had that really planned from the, um, you know, beginning because J.J. Abrams did the first one. He didn't do the second one. He did this third one. So to see him show up, it was it was it was it was really cool to see. But it seemed like um, he was a little shoehorned in just for this for this portion, just to give Ray her, you know, motive, you know, give her motivation or give her a backstory when um, the last movie said that it really did not her her parentage didn't really mean anything. Um, and then, you know, ending and everything I thought was, you know, everybody just came together to take down the 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 the, the final order, um, um, you know, to take them down. I, I thought it was a good I thought it was a very good movie. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. All right, so that's what we all thought, and let's let's talk about. I know Ken, you mentioned how much you enjoyed Wedge Antilles cameo. Um, what was your favorite little? What was your favorite little moment from the film, guys? Like Ken, what what did you? What was your favorite little piece of this? I really enjoyed. But there's two, actually. I guess they're kind of related. I really enjoyed uh, Ray, uh, her moment where she was being, I don't know what the word would be, sort of resurrected or helped or energized by all the voices of the Jedi past. So everybody was there. And that kind of brought the entire film, the entire tri uh, triple trilogy, everything together. Because everyone was in it. Anakin, Hayden Christensen, was his voice. Yoda, Mace, Windu, everyone was talking to her and channeling through her. So that was that was a good moment. And Tony, you mentioned that uh, we would never really knew that Leia Leia was force sensitive. Uh, that was so, that's always been a thing. Like Leia was always uh, considered force sensitive, but was she trained at all? That part was new. Plus, I had no idea she ever had a lightsaber. Uh, so that was that was a cool moment when actually Ray got both of the lightsabers and fought with them. That was very cool. Uh, so that that to me, that was a sort of a pinnacle moment. There are a bunch of others, but that one, I think I will remember mostly in the film. Scott. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. My favorite part of the film was when uh, Ray blew up that transport. And it was the first instance in the film where something happened that was shocking. Um, the, the putative death of Chewbacca, right? Shocking. Uh, I, I had my mouth was just agape when that happened. When she just shot the lightning out there, that changed the whole tone of the movie for me. It wasn't just some caper, we're going to be in some, you know, 
Fertility Valley with Billy <laughs> D. Williams, who's there for some reason. Because why wouldn't he be? Billy D. Why wouldn't he be? Uh, and we segue into this this deep sort of terrifying story about what's going to happen to this insanely powerful Jedi. I mean, we haven't seen on the screen too much like that, where it's just explode a ship. You know, that's not something we saw Luke do. That's not something we saw Vader do. Um, and then to see that reflected later in the Emperor destroying ships the same way, right? Uh, super interesting to see that. But my favorite piece was definitely when she blew up the transport, just because of how just how uh, aggressive that was. Sam, what was your favorite part? So um, I like the desert scene. I love the um, the so so stormtrooper can fly now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so I, I love the um, the the vehicles that catapulted them like you know um, up in the air and you know they was just like going through the air and everything. I thought I thought the whole that whole sequence from you know beginning to end to where um, you know Ray was 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 doing her you know thing with the force and everything with the lightning. I thought all that was just decent. Um, you know, she, she, they, 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 it, it was in the commercials. They had her just waiting until Kylo came in this ship, um, you know, um, coming after her. And then she was started running and did her flip, you know, to slice down Razor. She's a bad chick, man. Hey, I, Ray, 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 she, she, yeah, she, she's the one. But yeah, I just love that whole sequence from beginning to end to when they were getting chased in the desert, um, um, up until, you know, um, you know, they took Chewie. Awesome. What about you, Tony? What was your favorite part of the movie? Um, the absolute favorite part. First of all, the cameos. I wouldn't consider Billy Dewey was a cameo <laughs> because he had a pretty yeah. decent role. But to see him Lando again uh, was fantastic. Um, as Kim was alluding to, whenever towards the end, when finally Ray does channel all the Jedi, all the voices, mm -hmm. everybody was there. You know, like hating Christian, like they got everybody. There was even some, if you really go through, because I got a chance to see it twice, where there was Kanan from the uh, Rebel series. Voice was there. Ahsoka was there. So there was a lot that, you know, just from now the new Kanan. Um, I also like, I can't remember, what was the name of the, the Sith planet? Um, what was the planet was the that they called? Oh, um, man. X. X something. It was something weird. But anyway, X, X, Exical. Exical. There yeah. we go. Thank there you, Ken. Go. Yeah. Um, Thank you. In the Legends, the Sith World was called Corbin. Yes. And at the same time, these big, giant, 85-foot statues of Sith. So that was great of just, you know, bringing back some stuff from the Legends series and actually incorporating it, which they do throughout the films. But my absolute best moment was finding out that Ray's a Palpatine <laughs> was... That was a big thing about The Last Jedi. Oh, your parents are nobody. Well, they answer that. Like, you know, when uh, Kylo says they were nobody because they chose to be nobody to protect you. So they answered that. And I was remembering back to 1980, the like, <laughs> no, I am your father. I haven't been that shocked in 29 years. Or what has it been? 29 years. So that was the moment for me because even though I didn't catch it the first time, where she does the force lightning to stop the transport. That was a little bit of a foreshadowing of what's going to happen. We just didn't see it yet. I didn't catch it at that time. I was talking to other people and they said, well, didn't you know she was going to be a Palpatine when that happened? I really didn't notice it. But when it finally came out, that's where my jaw dropped. Like, wow. Like, I haven't been that shocked in a movie for 39 years. So that was the big one for me. So I just thought that part was awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I, I'm going to say this and, you know, at least now we understand why Emperor Palpatine was trying so hard to get someone to kill him. I mean, somebody, anybody strike down the emperor in anger. I mean, it seems like nobody wants to do it and he just pisses people off all the time. And to find out that that's like their whole strategy as the Sith is just to enrage you and then take your body over essentially, right? It makes so many things click into place from the overarching story, like um, uh, that Darth Plagueis thing from Episode Three. Well, he d uh, he is Darth Plagueis, right? He's all the Sith, so he did take his knowledge and he was able to bring himself back to life. Uh, all of that makes so much more sense now that we know that they're a collective, right? 
so so interesting. So that's one of the one of the really cool things about this uh, about this one that I liked a lot too. Uh, let's talk about the plot now. We get dropped in here, and there's this piece. I I gotta say this. I wanted them to call that thing a holocron so bad, yeah, so yeah. bad. I was I was almost <laughs> enraged when they were like, "It's a tracking thing." I'm like, "No, it isn't. It's a holocron. You gotta use the full Sith Wayfinder." Yeah, right. Is what they called it. Yep. It's just a ma- it's just a compass. It's not anything like that. Uh, <laughs> so that what what I was talking about earlier, right? I think if J.J. Abrams had made The Last Jedi, some of that stuff leading up to when she's revealed as a Palpatine would have been in Last Jedi. Uh, that's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. What I meant yeah. is that's where Last Jedi should have ended, not where it ended. So almost like there's a missing half of a movie and it's just a coordination thing. Uh, which again, oh, boy. I'm not beating anyone up about it. That stuff happens and it's totally cool. And again, it's a good movie, but ain't perfect. In my opinion. Now, some people think it's perfect uh <laughs> and i'm willing to, to listen to that case um sam you said you particularly enjoyed the first act tell me a little bit about what you like yeah it was um you know it was a lot of activity it's just a lot of stuff going on and everything um you know star wars just starting out with action you know you know it, it was it was just very just you know good to see and the pace, the plot just kept just moving and, you know, the pace was just going. Um, one thing I just kept getting distracted is, 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 is when you know um, when you know things that happen behind the scenes, you know that um, uh, Carrie Fisher, you know, passed away and everything. So I just kept getting distracted with her one liners because either she either they 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 had to get stuff from uh, the previous movie to put in just to make uh, what the other characters say make sense, and then just to have her in the plot because she was originally supposed to be fully in it, but she, like I said, she passed away. But um, I was just getting a little bit distracted by her her appearances, and she would just say one, you know, maybe two or three words just to respond to you know a whole exposition of what another character said, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that was just a little distracting for me. Um, but you know, just seeing her there was just, you know, really decent. And we got to see, um, and not, not in the first act, but we got to see her, you know, um, you know, move on and everything. So, so the second act, and I, I would say the second act probably ends when Ray heals Kyla, right? Um, when she gets, when, when she's, when they're fighting on the Death Star wreckage and when, when yeah. she, when she heals Kylo. So, that that the second act's gonna have all that stuff on, um, you know. The second act's gonna gonna have some cool stuff. What's some of the stuff that happened in the second act, guys? Because I'm drawing a blank, and uh, you know, I'm I'm sick. I'm having a real hard time. Everybody, I'm sorry. Uh, what does everyone think about the second act of the movie, where there's the most intense? I probably the most intense lightsaber fight of the movie, right between them. Um, Oh yeah, that was a nice lightsaber <gasps> fight on the um he, uh, on the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it was good. It was a good fight, but I still think the the best one is Anakin and Kenobi. Okay. Um, mm. I mean, they got the the force was involved. The actual force power was involved, along with badass saber wielding sword fighting. And and anger, real anger. I never really felt that Kylo and Ray really had the anger together to really fight. Right? If you're going to fight someone, you better be pissed off at them. And the more pissed off you are, the better the fight. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 So, right. Right. So Kenobi and Skywalker were absolutely pissed. Mm-hmm. Kylo and Ray, they still kind of had they I mean they still have a fondness for them and they were fighting more defensively. Well, it was like a like like a brother and sister type of thing and oh, you yeah. know I understand we where yeah, where where you're coming from as far as that. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen in these films ever. There's never family fighting ever. <laughs> yeah, like a brother and sister, but very well done. So, second act, are you are we looking at the actual the the climax, the the. Well, I mean, you know, the, just that part of the movie. I'm not, I'm not gonna be that. Yeah, okay. be that strict Someone here, Ken. We just want to know about the middle act. third. <laughs> All right. Okay. Cool. 
So yeah, the the ocean, you know, ocean fight, like a, like you know, if you're talking about like lightsaber fights, I do agree with Ken, the um um you know Kenobi and and um Skywalker at the end of um um end of the third episode was 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 you know by far like the one of the best ones, but this was like pretty decent with the you know ocean in the background and you know just whole ambiance you know of that and everything. So I thought that was I was I thought that was pretty decent too. I just like so, so, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was about to. I'm asked. Um, who was that that put um, um, Kylo's, you know, helmet back oh, together? Like this has been talked about know, on the internet nice. quite a great deal. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about this guy. So there's these weird scenes, and there's these weird sort of fun like uh, mm. cameo characters everywhere. There are, have like little like uh, Babu, the droid mechanic, uh, very awesome. Mm. Uh, Abu yeah, who, uh, but you're talking about the Sith chimp who is, yes. who's like, yes. I don't know if they just put a bunch of peanut butter in his mouth and they were like, yeah, I make a helmet. Uh, and then he did, but I was sitting there in the theater. I was like, is this, is this just a chimp? Like, is it not even like a space chimp? And then I was like, oh, it's got weird ears. Okay. It's got cat ears. It's a space chimp. We can go back to about our business. It's not such a big deal. Okay. Uh, in the chat, we got some feedback here from Cyborg Man. He's asking, uh, why do we think that the Knights of Ren didn't side with Kylo? Because they didn't even talk. And he just killed him with no emotion, so they were his boys. So, why do you think the Knights of Ren didn't side with Kylo Ren? Ultimately. Why would they go with Palpatine so easily? Anybody? Well... We never, we never really got the answer, and that's something that, of course, like there's still a couple years between these films, mm-hmm. and we never really got the whole Knights of Ren story. That's still out there. We still don't really know. From what we gather, um, and what I've heard is just whenever um, Ben was being trained by Luke, and there was those whole other students that Ben had a whole bunch of just went with them to the dark side and that's where they are but we don't really know that um and i just think that the fact that they were truly just drawn to the dark side the first order and now you know the emperor pulling the strings and they're just kind of saying well i guess our main man's kind of like not there anymore or oh well that's not really you know i guess they kind of knew that there was a bigger thing going on whether you know they knew that power team was pulling the strings mm-hmm. Or they were really, I think that they were more loyal to the First Order Palpatine than they were to Kylo Ren himself. And I think that's why, you know, if he's turning that, that's where their true loyalty lies. That's what I believe, in other words. They they saw him slipping. They saw Kylo Mm. slipping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and if you had your choice, who are you going to, who are you going with? Right. Uh super Palpatine who's like now coming back. He's absorbing force energy everywhere, getting his flesh back, rebuilding fingers. I mean, <laughs> you know, coming back, he's going to take <laughs> over everything. He has force lightning potential, or here's this kid who might be in, in love with this girl. Who's not, you know, she, she wants to destroy Palpatine, but she doesn't, she's not quite powerful enough to, I mean, I think they just, they're just, they're just gangsters, and they went with the <laughs> the bigger, the bigger head, the bigger boss. Yeah, That's all. Ben, Ben, like like Ken said, Ben was on the fence and everything. So even though he's powerful and strong, you know they they need a leader who's actually going to be fully committed. So maybe they just realized that Ben was just not all the way in. <laughs> Sometimes you know your your um your crew realizes that you know you're not all the way in when they're all the way in it. You know. Um, and maybe they just didn't believe in it. And I, and I wish, like, like Tony said, I wish we had gotten, um, some more, more background on the Knights of Ren because they have such cool, you know, visage and everything. I mean, I just thought like their whole thing was just like really cool to see. Um, and maybe they might do something like that, maybe on Disney plus or something. I don't know, but I, 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 I myself, I want some more of the background on the Knights of Ren. All those, uh, all the Knights of Ren guys had helmets that were quite plainly crafted, by Space Chimp. <laughs> and that's why they were awesome. This guy apparently is like the best helmet maker in, in the universe. They had to import him from Earth. You know, he was wasted here. They just had him in a zoo eating bananas. Uh, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, 
Let's talk about <laughs> Emperor Palpatine a little bit here because he's, you know, those those nuclear reactor sites where like you can put your hands into the things, you know what I mean? It's behind glass. Mm-hmm. He's basically doing that with the Force, except he's got this like puppet version of himself that's like hooked up to a lattice, right? And if you see him in some of those shots, it almost looks like these arms like come from like behind him, almost like someone's, you know, that bit where like you go like this and someone sticks their arms through your armpits, you know what I mean? And almost looks like he's doing that with the Force to keep alive. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I thought it was neat that the Knights of Ren were that into, you know, being ordered around by a marionette. I think that was pretty cool. <laughs> Puppeteering is a, is a lost art, and I think we should get it back. It had a very Oz feel to it. You know what I mean? Very, very, you know, like all of a sudden it's on the almighty yeah. Oz. That's the whole thing I thought about. Don't look behind the curtain. There's nothing behind the curtain for you to see. Wasn't it the same thing as as Vader? Vader was kept alive by robotics, chemical, you know, uh, he had had transfusions constantly being done. Palpatine, same thing. He needed the same sort of enhancement, but he just didn't want the armor. He wanted to be exposed. He wanted to be the, I mean, he's really more frightening than Vader, if you ask me personally, than the guy in the cloak. Darth Sidious, um, Chancellor Palpatine was pretty scary, but I mean, you know, just the whole the whole thing. It's a human figure, but it's all disfigured, and his eyes are white and glossy, and his fingers are broken, and I mean, it's just more uh, more visceral, right? But they took away. So his I scars. think it's the same sort of thing. They made him old, but they took away all his scars that he got from uh, from Mace, so he didn't have mm. that sort of disfiguration where he was all like super wrinkly in episode six Mm -hmm. he was just like globby he just looked like ian mcdermott right and that's cool because ian mcdermott always has done a very 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 good job playing that character uh in fact one of my highlights of the prequel series is him as emperor palpatine so seeing him here again was excellent uh i am very glad about one thing this movie explained um indirectly that i liked and that is this what was so bad about anakin skywalker as a real apprentice for Darth Sidious. Uh, and it's plain that what the Sith Master is looking for is someone that is going to be able to live for a long time and is very strong in the Force. Because when they inhabit the body, that's how they do it, right? So when Anakin got burnt up, he became a bad host. It's that simple. And so Palpatine needed to generate another body that was going to be good at using the force and be as force powerful as Anakin. And who is that? Luke. So it explained a lot of that sort of action. And those were some of the leftover questions that we had from the the original trilogy. And so I am very glad that they put that to bed for me. And they explained what was so bad about Anakin Skywalker. And it's just that he was cut in half and stuff. You know, normal stuff. (laughs) He learned... The question I have... Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Scott. No, No, you go ahead. But what, what, what question I have, so um, Finn kept um, saying, I got something to tell you, I got something to tell you, Ray, I got something to tell you. Okay. What was that, because I, I, I swear to God. <laughs> I know. What did he, what, I heard a spoiler. What was he going to tell her? Oh, you know what he wanted to tell her. Oh. <laughs> you know. Ah. Damn well. Finn! Fuck man! Fuck man, Finn! I have an answer to this. It's All right, Tony, let's do All it. All right, Tony, you got an answer. Something, yeah, it was something online. Now, of course, the logical thing, he's in the ray. I'm into you. Let's hang out. Let's make this thing happen. That's the, the typical thing you would think. That's all it is. But no, according to J.J. Abrams, he says, I'm going to answer this question for you, that there was a little bit of allusion to it where he says, like, I felt it about this or that he wanted to tell ray i think i'm force sensitive too that's what he's trying to tell her it's a big swear i think it's master storytelling the typical thing you think oh, i'm into you i like you let's be boyfriend and girlfriend that's what you would think but the truth it's not and when you see all the lines he said it all makes sense that's what he was trying to tell her i'm force sensitive too but there was always something going on i mean they're battling the biggest battle of the galaxy mm-hmm. There's bigger things that he never had a moment to really tell her. But according to that, you can look it up online. That's what he was trying to tell her. 
And I, I, I would have been. It would have been better if it had been in a movie more clearly. Oh, but ooh, I, I, just, I disagree <laughs> with Sam. I disagree with you because there's way more evidence not, that he's force sensitive than Leia is in the original trilogy. No, I'm talking about um the him actually telling you know Ray oh. that because it's like if you introduce it in the beginning as something to me it has to pay off somehow um before the end of the movie and I don't think that his his his, his insistence on telling Ray that I don't think it was that clear. I think he could feel her when she died. I think we got a pretty uh-huh. clear pretty clear vision of that. He said, I have a feeling a couple other times. And let's be honest, yep. this guy's riding like, you know, horses across the Star Destroyer and he lives through it. And not only that, but he lives through the crash. He lives through being a stormtrooper and he lives through all that conditioning and is able to overcome it. Now, mm-hmm. the one thing about Last Jedi that informs this, and there's not a lot because Last Jedi really feels like a sore thumb, honestly, in my opinion. Um, but the one thing Last Jedi tells us is that, you know, force sensitivity is a scale. It's not a yes or no thing. It's not like the old Republic where they would say, oh, you're force sensitive enough. You're coming with us. You know, we're going to raise you for your whole life. It seems like they're acknowledging a spectrum of force sensitivity. And, and I think where they're going with this is that everyone's got a little bit of that, right? A little bit. And the people that have a lot of it can do crazy, crazy, crazy things you shouldn't be able to do. Uh, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. By the end of the movie, I was convinced the Poe Dameron had force sensitivity. I don't know that sounds. Well, crazy. you figure anybody, I mean, leading a big giant, you know, uh, galactic <laughs> space battle. I mean, how can you do that just naturally? But the flying he I does, mean, that's, that's a good thing. the flying he but, does is beyond anything we see Luke Skywalker do. I mean, yeah. like the the he's the best natural X wing pilot that we see in the whole series, and that includes Wedge Antilles. Mm-hmm. And if you're, and I know this is the legacy EU, and I'm not gonna, you know, we don't put a lot of stock in that, but the force sensitive pilots are the best because they know what you're going to do. So when he jukes, he knows he, he knows he's juking left because you already went right, but you did it. That's what I think. So I like that because I think it gives a lot of, it's, it's a change in the universe, right? And it is an echo of that. The last Jedi democratization of force potential that we saw and is an answer to the undemocratization of force potential that we saw in this movie, right? Uh, if the last Jedi's, main thesis was anybody can be a Jedi, right? Anybody can be a very powerful Jedi. Uh, Rise of Skywalker's thesis is as long as you're a Skywalker or a Palpatine. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, so who, so who was, um, 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 Bray's. So the, so she, she's a, she's a Palpatine, right? Okay. So, which one, the mom or dad? The dad. The dad, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. That's where I said the only thing, the only reason I didn't give us a 10 is, I don't know. To me, that's just something that you can't just gloss over. Tony, Tony's over Palpatine here. Palpatine has a son. Tony's over here right. getting, taking points off this movie because they didn't put a Palpatine sun scene in <laughs> Phantom Menace 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, and it's pretty, I, I don't know. <laughs> Between Palpatine and Son, I want to see that. That's yeah. That's that's what I wanted to see, but there wasn't any anything, no inkling of that. What was that? And here's the other thing too. Hold on, hold on, Scott. Tony, you know if Lucas was still in control of this, that scene would be in there. You know, (laughs) he would have he would have retroactively put it back in. You know, the Phantom Menace special edition. Special edition. Extra deleted oh. scenes that we didn't feel right, like we needed. <laughs> we just found these on the floor. We're back in. <laughs> oh man, our man George. <laughs> so, so Palpatine's son. You're right. That's an interesting relationship. But here's the other interesting part of that. If this guy's looking for a an apprentice to train and a you know a force sensitive body to inhabit why not use his son I'm, I'm, well that's all yeah because that like, seems way easier than trying to around. generate a skywalker situation right 
Yeah, and it's like, well, does this guy not have force sensitivity? Like, you know, that's that's just was the only little weird. Like, well, yeah, what about his son? Like, well, what's going on with him? One of the best things about Harry Potter is that they explain that sort of stuff. They call him squibs, you know. (laughs) So you know, it makes sense. Uh, What did you guys think about C three PO in this movie? Uh, I thought the whole logic pretzel that he tied up with the Sith language was very, very funny. Uh, and of course, introduced probably the coolest piece of this movie, which is uh, Babu. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought that, I, that was hilarious. When he came in at the end, I actually went like, yeah, in the theater. I was like, yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think? What was your what was your reaction to, to you know, C-3PO effectively dying? Well, getting mind white? Whatever. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know who's got He's got opinions. I didn't think that he was going to actually die. That was one where I'm like, well, they're not just going to, he's all just going to be, okay, go to life is a memory and that's it. Boom. End of story. I kind of had a feeling that something was going to, you know, he was going to be resurrected somehow. Anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that was kind of cool. Like, well, you're not allowed to speak to Sith language. My theory is that it's Palpatine made up that role in the Senate to cover up his tracks. <laughs> that's what I think. I mean, to me, that makes the most sense of, like, well, why is he allowed out of the 35 billion languages that he does know? He's not allowed to speak this one. So, so I think it was probably to make that role because he said it was done in the Senate. So, yeah. But, I mean, I knew, I thought it was cool. I mean, the best line to me was, you know, I just want to see my friends for the last time. It was a nice little feel-good moment. But, no, I thought it, I thought it was cool. He had some cool one-liners, as C-3-3 always does. So... <laughs> I thought it was significant that he had his mind wiped because he's a Skywalker and all of the Skywalkers are destroyed in this movie and then they're replaced, right? They're replaced with new Skywalkers with Rey and the new C-3PO. But remember, let's not forget when he's saying thank the maker who he's really thanking, right? Because he is a Skywalker. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, what, um, what do you guys think about the idea that... Um, well, I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about next? Honestly, I don't. I don't. I'm like I said. I'm. I'm sort of floating here. I've got a fever. I was happy to see Jawas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I said I get that reference. You know, watching Mandalorian and everything. You know, that was that was pretty cool to see. <laughs> right there at the end. Jawas are cool. Um, I'm still thinking about Bill Burr making fun of uh, Jar Jar Binks, quite frankly, uh, from Mandalorian. <laughs> it's weird to have all this Star Wars media sort of jammed up together in December, you know? Uh, uh, it's, yeah. it's so strange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, as someone who's seen, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've seen uh, a couple of these on opening night. I guess I saw this one on opening night and then two and three. Um, but as someone that's seen that, it was just... I don't know where I'm even going right now, guys. I'm losing my chain of thought. Listeners, viewers, I'm really sorry. I've been I've had a fever for four days and I'm starting to lose like lose what I'm saying as I'm saying it. So I'll apologize for that. <laughs> let's talk about the Disney trilogy. Let's talk about the Disney trilogy as a unit. And let's talk about what it is and what its purpose was and what it did and all that good stuff. So we got three movies. We got seven, eight, and nine. Force Awake uh, Force Awakens, is that for TFA? Mm-hmm. TFA, yeah. TLJ, yep. and ROS. And Force, Force Awakens set the table and introduced the new characters in the continuation. And The Last Jedi tried to change all the rules around. And then it seemed to me like Rise of Skywalker said, no, change all the rules back to the rules they were before. <laughs> and, and for me, I mean, that little detour is fine because the movie's good. But for me, you know, if I'm talking about putting things back the way they were, it's because I'm setting the status quo back up for the future. And when I think about the breadth of these movies, to me, this Disney trilogy is all about setting the table for the future. It's about finishing George's story in a way that doesn't get everybody to say F star Wars forever. And then let's do something new. Right. So putting things the way they were before the trilogy, but getting all the characters off the table. And I mean, all of them, even Palpatine, right? Even Emperor Palpatine's gone now. I mean, they can go literally anywhere they want. And to me, that was the purpose of these movies. What do you guys think? I can, I can, you know, I'll, I'll follow. I can kind of see what you're saying. Um, like, what do you think Disney was trying to do, Tony? That's what I'm asking. Again, I'm sorry. This is a me thing. You know, kind of the same thing is finishing money. This, 
Saga. Oh, yeah, money. <laughs> <laughs> and then also being able to set up, because there's still a lot of things that can happen. Um, Lando and, you know, the lady that was there of, well, where are you from? Well, I don't know. Well, let's find out. Big, big, big tease, whole, big tease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could have a whole Disney Plus series about that. Finn, if he is force sensitive, he could go off and we can have like a whole thought about that. Um, the lightsabers are now buried in Tatooine. Something tells me 15, 20 years from now, we're going to be here again as old men doing a podcast, <laughs> if we're still doing podcasts. <laughs> better technology, you know, by then. <laughs> Um, some <laughs> force sensitive guy will be finding it in the ground somewhere, and that's there's so many ways that they could go. They kind of did, they finished up this story, wrapped it up as well as they could, mm-hmm. but left a couple openings. So, if we want to go in different areas, they can, and they could keep doing this as long as they're still making money out of it and people are watching it. Ken, what do you think they were trying to get done with these? So, I, I have to commend it, Disney. Uh, Disney knows what they're doing about stories. They can tell a story. They can create characters. They develop them. They have answers for backstory consideration. They don't create characters that are transparent and weak. So I think they did this did this saga justice. Um, I. I mean, there are things I liked liked a little bit more than others about, especially this film. But I think overall, they did they did their job. They took the story to the end. They tied up most of the most of the loose ends. And like Tony said, that Lando and I forget what the character's name was. She was an ex stormtrooper. I'm thinking first he's like, she's like, "Where are you from?" And he tells her, and then there's like this. Like they knew where each other was from. I thought, uh oh, is this his daughter? You know, not, you know, are they going there? Because that would be Disney. Disney would do that. They would absolutely do that. Here's your daughter you haven't talked to because, you know, Lando jumped around on spaceports and who knows, right? We know that about him. So there's definitely a place where they can go with a new story. But I think Disney did a very good job at not bashing my favorite my favorite characters into the ground. So I would never want to, you know, listen or hear about star Wars again. <laughs> I think they did a good job and they left enough open, uh, open roads that we can now have mm-hmm. the Mandalorian. We can have the Calrissian trilogy. Yeah. We can have, you know, the Finn dialogues, the Finn stories, the Finn journals, you know, however they want to tie that off. And you got Ray Skywalker. And what a great moment that yeah. was. Oh my God. What's your name? Skywalker. I mean, to this, like, old peasant woman with a... What were those animals called? Someone's got to know. Dubacks? Not. It wasn't a dewback. It was a... Um, they were farting all the time in The Phantom Menace. Oh. They, they, they had them. They were pulling uh, engines around for the pod racer pilots. And I I had one. I had it. I had the toy. I don't know. I forget I, what I'm drawing a blank, too, man. I'm sorry. Anyway... Ray Skywalker. So there's a whole new storyline right there. So I think they did a good job, and uh, that that's I'm sticking to it. Sam, what do you what do you think they were looking to do here, and how they do? So, um, as a franchise, I mean, Star Wars is always going to make you know make it make its bank because it's just Star Wars. It's just so much stuff involved, you know, in the expanded storytelling. It's just it's just it's it's just right there. Um, what, um, what I think they set out to do, I wish they, they had a consistent plan, um, with a consistent direction because originally, you know, JJ was supposed to do the, well, originally he, well, he did do the force awakens. Um, they got Ryan, you know, Johnson to do the last Jedi and Colin Trevorrow, I believe was supposed to do this movie, but they had knocked him out and got JJ back. Mm -hmm. Because of the backlash that happened with Last Jedi, if I'm just you know remembering correctly and everything, right. and I think um, I think Disney respond. One thing about Disney and one thing about corporations is that they're there to make money, obviously, and they're going to do everything they can to keep the um, to, to 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 keep that money train going and to to minimize risks as much as possible. So. 
when but when you have a plan set out, I think you have to follow it through. That's what the great thing about George Lucas, you know, um, um, first six, you know, set sets of movies, even though um, um, not as many people like, you know, the the um, Phantom Menace and, you know, Ranger and Sith and like the first, you know, the uh, the first three episodes. Um, that was still a consistent story told by um, an individual from beginning to end, and it got a cohesiveness from everything that happened in the first, you know, first set of Star Wars movies. This movie, uh, and I love the way that Ken, you know, put it, you know, it finished off and answered questions, but it just didn't seem like um, to me that I, I don't want to say they should have brought George Lucas back, but it just seems to me from 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 the Force Awakens, Last Jedi to here, they that they told the story as complete as they would have as they as well as they could have. Um, Kathleen Kennedy should have just just said, you know, JJ, you're doing this, and we'll wait until you are finished with Mission Impossible, whatever you got to do to get this done. But we want you to finish these sets of movies instead of just having everything on a set schedule. We got to have a Star Wars movie coming out every two years. You got to tell the best story as best as possible to me, you know. Um, and I think that Disney um, is, is learning with the Star Wars franchise. Um, they pretty much let Kevin Feige do whatever he feels with Marvel because they just they just make, you know, just master bank. Um, but I think they 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 when, when if they do a, another set of trilogies, they need to stick to the plan. You know, no. And if the second one falls over. Just stick with it because Star Wars fans are going to be there to the end. You know, they just want to see a good story, you know, being told. Awesome. You know, one, one thing I felt a little bit unsatisfied by one thing about this. And, and then I don't, but I don't know why 100%. Something about Ben Solo turning into a Force ghost at the end of this. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> For me, what, like. What, what about, what about, what about the kiss between him and, um, um, Ray, I'm like, oh wow, that came out of nowhere. I thought they have more of like a brother and sister type of thing, but alrighty then. Hmm. It's weird that to find out at the end of the trilogy who the love interest was, like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you should probably know who the love interest is before the very end of the movie, uh, well, unless you're John Boyega, because I think he, I think he had a thing in his contract that's like the ladies love Finn, they love. I thought I thought in the Force Awakens that's what they were trying to set up, but I seen that they were moving a little bit, to, you know, away from you know Finn and Ray getting together. It, it, I was just like, wow, I know they're not going to kiss. They better not kiss. Oh man, they're going to kiss. They kiss, and then he's, you know, so, he he force goes away and everything. <laughs> so I guess he had to use all of his life force to bring her back, which. You know, there's an interesting echo to episode three there, right? Because he could use his life force to bring her back at the cost of his own life, you know? Mm -hmm. Could Anakin have done that? Or, or is that not something that was available because, you know, they're not a dyad, as Palpatine called them? Interesting thought. Yeah, we about to say, yeah I don't think Padme was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> now, they <laughs> think it's worth giving your last dying life force kiss. Now, I'll tell I'll I'll tell you, I'll just be frank with you right now. My wife, yeah. who's a huge Star Wars fan, okay, knew this was going to happen. What? From the force oh. because she's she's a big fan of the the evil, not, not evil, the dark brooding male character Twilight. Oh. The female, sort of not weak, but kind of shy character falling in love. These two completely opposite sort of interesting people. She knew this was going to happen. She was just waiting for it. And that was actually her big moment when they when they kissed fi finally after seven hours of film. <laughs> <laughs> these two finally locked lips. So... I mean, it was a good moment, I thought. I thought everybody in the theater, when I saw it, there was a, ah. <laughs> oh, 
was probably 50 of 50 size all at once and you know i i like i think i think it made sense and uh that relationship kind of climaxed and went away phrasing so yeah so what do you you, you, hold up what do you think tony see i like see to me that's good storytelling because i think The only thing that I've heard about Last Jedi mm-hmm. is that I don't know why there's this whole group of Star Wars fans that want things to go a certain way and they want to know what's going to happen. I don't want anything to be shocking. They want to know, like, okay, I want Ray to be a Skywalker. I want her to be a real Skywalker. I want this to happen. I don't want to get anything shocking. I want it to go. That's why I think. The, the Force Awakens was so overwhelmingly popular. One, everyone's happy to see the original characters back. But second, I mean, to be honest with you, it was just episode four all over again. I mean, let's, it's really live. Oh, it's awesome. So Last Jedi throws all these curveballs. Well, I don't like it. I don't like curveballs. I want a straight fastball right down the middle. I don't want to be shocked. <laughs> so I like that. I think that's the whole thing, is that the whole time, through seven hours of film, Finn's got the hot charade. Eventually, they're going to get together, or maybe something will happen. Then, even with Poe a little bit. Well, maybe she's going to hook yeah. up with him. So, the yeah. whole time you're thinking, and then they swerve you. I think that's storytelling. I mean, why go see a movie when you know what's going to happen? I mean, I like I like the shock factor. That's just me. That, that's, a good, that's a good point. Why go see a movie if you know what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And there were several moments that were, that were incredibly surprising. Uh, Ray being call- told that she's a Palpatine. The fact that Palpatine was back is not something I knew because I do not play Fortnite. Uh, like, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> yeah, how about Fortnite players? These 14-year-old kids get to hear Palpatine's message. We don't because we're old men. And that is a disturbing thing to realize, uh, no matter what your age. <laughs> we're, out, we're, we're on the far side. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's, this, that's this movie. Um, moving, I'm gonna move us over. That's like, um, how do you like how you guys like, um, Harrison Ford coming back there? Oh. I didn't expect that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, you, that was cool. you could really tell that he was excited. He was there because Carrie Fisher wasn't available for obvious reasons, and that, that was, yeah, yeah. I, it was, it was another one of those places where you could really, I mean, this movie missed Carrie Fisher so much, and you know, obviously. It's not sad that she passed away just for that reason, but it is sad for that reason because you can see now where they were taking her with this role is they were going to have her be the main trainer for Ray. Uh, and that's exactly what J.J. Abrams wanted to do. And the fact that we didn't get to see this because, you know, of tragedy, it just it made me really sad like the whole time. Anytime they, uh, we'd hear a third-party line delivery about Leia. Well, Leia said, it just reminded you that it was, um, you know, that it was... Uh, she had passed away before this movie, you know, two years ago. So it was excellent patchwork, I can say, mm-hmm. you know, to integrate her scenes in there and to have like, you know, other characters. Even though I was a little distracted, it was still excellent story, you know, patchwork and everything to integrate. It's one of those things where it's like, what are you going to do about it? It's not optimal, yeah, but yeah. And, 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 and Harrison Ford was totally done with these movies, but like, I love what you just said, Scott. You know, um, he was there because of Carrie Fisher. You know, he felt he okay. I'm this is my last con- contribution, and it does make sense that Kylo talks to you know me, you know, in that instance and everything. I'm glad he did it. I'm, I'm really glad he did it. it. It really capped off the um, the whole nine episode saga right there. That whole that whole scene was excellent. The echo of that scene from Episode yeah. Seven was so emotional, and of course, it being Harrison Ford, you know, it's on Solo. It's like literally the coolest person that exi- that can exist is Han Solo, and he's on screen. It's awesome. Uh, I want to kind of move us toward final thoughts here. We're getting on about an hour, yeah. and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be on here until you know five, six, seven in the morning. Although probably we could talk about it that long. So, <laughs> so we'll go ahead and do some, some of our final thoughts here, and uh, kind of leave it at that and get moving. That's what we'll do. So we'll go right. in reverse order. We did the opening. That means eight encyclopedia, uh, eight nerd encyclopedia logos out of ten. Logos. Sam, you're gonna start us off here. So Sam, go ahead and uh, let us know your final thoughts. Very good movie. Um, looked great on IMAX and everything. Um, um, 
like I said, I mean, it, it, it was a way of, I thought, just skipping over some stuff that happened in Last Jedi. And, you know, if you if you watch Force Awakens and this movie, you could still see a, um, a complete movie, you know, in, in my opinion, you know, um, by some stuff that they um, just contradicted from like Last Jedi. Um, but this movie, period, I thought was pretty good. Like I said, I gave it eight um, Nerdcyclopedia logos. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good movie. Awesome, awesome. Ken, what'd you think? Still holding with my 10 out of 10. Good. Uh, Sit to your guns, baby. That's how you got to do it. Love the way that they brought things back um, to just sort of pull at my heartstring. The, the Medal of Yavin given to Chewbacca. Leo held it when she passed away. It was given back to him at the end. All these things, the Falcon doing doing its thing, fighting in trenches, blasting TIE fighters out of the air, excellent pilots, wonderful co-pilot. I mean, just all these things that just brought it all back. It all felt like old school Star Wars. I was actually kind of thinking, I think J.J. might have been up at night, like 3 o'clock in the morning and and texted lucas and said hey i'm thinking about doing this what what do you, what would you do and i think lucas kind of gave him a little because it felt like that it felt like old storytelling for better or for worse whether you liked the what george did or not he did use different directors or producers through through his time his era with it but i like the way this film brought all that old feeling back uh the band of heroes the adversary winning the battle Big starship battles, a lot of good stuff. I liked it. I liked it. Very good. Go see it. Take your family. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Tony, would you? What are your final thoughts? Um, again, I give it nine out of ten. I thought it was great. I love the fact, which we didn't even really talk about, is in the first five minutes. Well, who's Snoke? Well, I made him. <laughs> and then there's that panning, and you see in the cloning vats, like little pieces of Snoke. Yeah. All over the place. So it was really just poverty the whole time. Mm -hmm. So they, I mean, everything that was left open in the last jedi was answered now you know whether you like the answer or not but at least it answered everything so that was just great to me and you know the fact of bringing everything back like you know the metal from episode four we see like the remnants of the death star from return of the jedi you know we see the ewoks we see little things they tied everything together and i just think it was like a, a good complete film you know some shock factor which i love and that's what I think was the best part about it. So, yeah, I, I, I just a couple little quirky things, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I'll, I'll close this out here because that is I'm the one that runs the uh, production stuff. So that's why I get to do that in case anyone is curious. <laughs> I control the levers. That means I get the final say. Uh, Star Wars for me is, you know, these movies, this is the eighth Star Wars movie that's come out in the theater since since I've been alive. And I remember seeing episode one. Uh, it was right at the end of, I think, my freshman year of high school. And while we were, my wife and I were going to see this movie, I was thinking a lot about how long that is. Uh, it's a lifetime, 21 years uh, of these newer movies coming out. And I was thinking about what it is that Rise of Skywalker does so well um, in the context of those movies, right? And it is the polar opposite of Phantom Menace. Uh, people complain about Phantom Menace, and I'm one of those people because I think it's bad. Uh, but this movie is action-packed. It is just jammed full of plot. It is jammed full of that is. space fights yep. and fighter piloting. And it's like, I think, you know, that scene where Ray cuts the, the TIE fighter in half, it's got all those sort of story beats and there's literally no deliberations of the Senate even mentioned. No one is even talking about the Trade Federation here. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> in some ways, that's kind of the flaw of the movie because it is trying to do a lot. Honestly, if this wasn't trying to be a movie and a half, and if Carrie Fisher was alive, I think it would be a 10 of 10 for me, which means this is about as good as the movie could possibly have been made. Um, I, I, I'm just giving my honest reaction here. I don't want to be unfair to Disney or J.J. Abrams or any of the people that have put this together because, first of all, it looks just gorgeous. I mean, it's incredible. That scene where all, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of ships are just jumping out of hyperspace. Yeah. Oh, my yep. God. I mean, 
when that when this thing comes out on Blu-ray, we're going to be able to pause and see all the ships. I bet there's a TARDIS in there somewhere, and you know they do weird stuff like that. Um, so Rise of Skywalker to me is a great capstone because if you look at Episode One and Episode Nine as opposite ends of the saga, they're polar opposite movies, and so it <clears> makes everything sort of satisfying from a story uh, from a story like structure perspective, which I really like a lot. Um, I enjoyed the movie. There were some parts where I was just like, oh, come on. You know, a couple parts. But I enjoyed the movie a lot. And I'm glad Disney's going to probably make more stuff. I would say... I, of course. I would say I'm glad that they're moving away from the Alabaster fantasy-esque, you know, who's sired who and who is begat who. And I'm glad that they seem like they're going to cut a lot of that stuff out of the Star Wars universe. When I look at Star Wars in the future... I see the the Mandalorian and I see the Western stuff they're doing as being so important for them going forward. And so seeing this as the end of the dynastic saga, I think is a good thing. I think it'll allow, allow them to go forward in a lot of different directions. And hey, if they make five movies and five different people have a different favorite movie, that means they're doing a pretty good job. So that's what I hope we see in the future. Uh, I would say I'm bummed that the Game of Thrones guys aren't going to do that trilogy now, but I'm not. Anyway, so I'm not those guys. We, we don't want them on no, there. You stay away nope, from this. Nope, 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 nope. Stay away. Stay away, Game of Thrones guys. We don't want you on there. Not after that last season. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, after, after, after finding out that apparently Game of Thrones was like a really expensive film school for those guys, I'm kind of glad that we're going to get <laughs> – let's leave it to the pros, you know, on Star Wars. That's my opinion. Uh, and that is us. So this was Nerdendum. Review for – Episode 9. It's crazy that there's that many episodes. I remember uh, a long time ago when they said, oh, George Lucas actually wrote nine films. Do you remember that? Everyone remember that when that was a big deal? You think George Lucas would have wrote this one? Uh, I don't know. There's there's little little pieces that make it feel like different EU novels, so maybe you would have. Anyway, if you're just, uh, this is the first time here with us. We are uh, Nerd Cyclopedia. You can subscribe to us on this channel. And you can check out our feeds for our other shows, and specifically, um, Carbonite Bounty BS. And this is a little bit of a backdoor ad, but Carbonite Bounty BS is our podcast about The Mandalorian on Disney+. And, you know, if you have a thought, too, you ought to check that out, too. Uh, you can see it right on the feed. So go ahead and subscribe, and uh, we'll hope to see you soon. All right. Cool. All right, everybody. Hey. So we'll see you later. Hey.